episode 60 of the Glass of Joe podcast. It's a big number because it's a big week. It is the kickoff of the NFL season with PJ Glasser. I'm Joe Malpa. We dive into our NFL season preview today, all NFL for most of the show, except for the beginning. We're going to touch on a little college first because there were some big things that happened in the last week. And then we get to the all NFL preview. Just us this week. No guests. People are too busy right now, PJ. A lot of things going on. Again, we can't have this captive audience that we did when the pandemic started. Thankfully, we don't. We're back to better times now, but nobody can say no to us back then. Now it's a little tougher, but you know what? We got us, and we'll go through our NFL season preview. Um, first and foremost, so like I said, a little bit of college. Alabama uh, just retooled. I, I mean, you know that. We all know that. Yeah. But oh, my. Joe, we're, we're going to win it all this year. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, as long as they stay healthy, just like everybody else, I want to see Georgia and Alabama twice. I want to see them undefeated in the SEC title game, and I'd love to see them again in the championship. But if this team stays healthy, I think they have a chance to be Saban's best, most complete team. Wow. His teams in the past, right, early on it was the elite defenses and then kind of the game-managing offenses – these past couple of years, it's transitioned to the elite offenses and the defenses are still good, but they weren't great as they were in the early 2009, 10, 11 era. Um, but this team has it all. They have an elite defense. Bryce Young looks like he's going to be the real deal. Right. And their special teams, Will Riker, their kicker, hasn't didn't miss a kick all of last year. He was and kicker was always an issue for Bama. Always, always is. And, and now they got that solved. So when you got all three phases checked off, offense, defense, and special teams, not many NFL teams have that, let alone college <laughs> teams. And, I mean, when you can say that they have arguably one of the best offenses, best defenses, and best special teams, I just – I hope they stay healthy because this truly has a chance to be a really, really good team. And Bama and Georgia, I know it's early, Joe, but – Look, Oklahoma, they're going to get better as the year goes on. Clemson, their offense will get better as the year goes on, and their defense was great. Ohio State, their offense is going to be great. Their defense will get better as the year goes on. But I don't think it's much of an overreaction to kind of say that Bama and Georgia are the two best teams if oh, they stay healthy. And then all those other teams, if they get into the playoff, we'll see what happens in one game. But I think already after week one, there's kind of some clear separation. Absolutely. I mean, Georgia, it went the way I thought it would this week where their defense was able to shut down Clemson and we'll see how the rest goes. Like I said, I thought Clemson would lose week one, run the table, make the playoff from there. I thought Georgia would stumble somewhere along the line during the regular season, would beat Bama in the SEC title game and it would set up those three teams in the playoff. And I think Oklahoma goes unbeaten. Uh, I, you know, I, I wasn't too confident in that after seeing Oklahoma in the first game. Uh, almost lost to Tulane, but years past Oklahoma, like you said, they always start really slow. Um, I did think though, that if there's one team that can crash a party, it is Cincinnati because of the games they have on their schedule, big game against Notre Dame. They look good. They have the kind of momentum now that they're going to be joining the big 12. It seems like, so if it's going to be Oklahoma faltering, I do think Cincy is able to jump in and don't sleep on the Iowa's Iowa state, Iowa, they play each mm. other this week. Uh, and that takes me into this week. Uh, the only two matchups of ranked opponents, Oregon at Ohio State and then uh, Iowa at Iowa State. Uh, that one is college game day, nine versus 10 in the state of Iowa. Three million people in the state, two football teams that are big time in the top 10. Remarkable. That should be a lot of fun and aims. 
Yeah, Joe. So there are about two, there are 3 million people in Iowa. So you got to figure that 2,999,090 people will be watching. You always get about, about nine or 10 people that aren't tuned in, but it's going to be a great game. This was the game as you're looking ahead to this season, probably one of the top five games I was most excited to see just because Iowa State with all their expectations. Iowa has had their number for so many years. And a lot of people feel like this is the year that Iowa State gets over the hump. That should be a great game, especially after the way that Iowa State looked in week one. They just escaped past Northern Iowa, and then Iowa dismantled Indiana. Uh, And then the other big game, Ohio State and Oregon. I don't think anybody's picking Oregon to win the game outright. They could absolutely cover the 14-and-a-half number, especially if Thibodeau doesn't play. If he's out, then they got no shot. But Ohio State, You want to see that offense take some more strides. You want to see the defense that's so young and inexperienced uh, mature a little bit. This is the first game with fans in the horseshoe in a while. I will say the one thing, though. If you're going to get Ohio State at home, week two is a good time to do it. If you remember, that's the Baker Mayfield plant the flag game week two. That's (laughs) the game that Virginia Tech went in there and beat them. So you're going to get Ohio State week two as a non-conference team is the week to do it. I just don't think Oregon's offense is explosive enough. If you're going to beat Ohio State, you got to score about 40 or 50 on them. I don't think Oregon can do that. I think Ohio State's a winner, and uh, Iowa State and I will be a good game that I'll be getting into later on. Yep, yep, for sure. And uh, Maryland got six votes in the AP poll this week as well. And everybody that I mentioned last week when I made them my number one pick, they all did something. Uh, Tolia was incredible. Dante Demas, I mentioned, he had 160 and, uh, and a touchdown. Rakeem Jarrett had 120 and a touchdown. Chiga Conkle, I mentioned, had a touchdown. I mentioned Tan Fleet Davis, he had 130 yards. On defense, I mentioned Nick Cross and Tarheeb Steele. They both had a pick. I mentioned Ruben Hippolyte. He had like six tackles on a TFL. Everybody that I called upon, they showed out and played. But uh, enough for college. This is kind of the weaker week in college, usually. A couple games here or there. But overall, everybody got their big game last week cupcake this week and then we go from there nfl preview uh we're gonna go through our divisions our playoffs our awards and then get to our best bets and trivia as always we're gonna start with the afc north because there's some newsworthy things to talk about there and pj uh start with your ravens joe what happened today i didn't i didn't i didn't (laughs) see anything i didn't what what, please enlighten me i didn't hear everybody who has a baltimore ravens uniform has to have their acls put in bubble oh my goodness uh, so you texted me and Ryan Warmly, good f- friend of the program, and uh, I saw your text was like, it said, Jesus Christ, and immediately I'm like, somebody's injured on the radio. Uh-huh. I just, my first thought was Lamar, or maybe, you know, somebody big, and then it was Gus Edwards, and I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, what's going on with the running backs? And then that was Schefter's tweet, and then maybe a minute, two minutes later, Rappaport comes out and says that uh, Marcus Peters got hurt too, tore his ACL as well. They were both non-contact injuries, both one play after each other. And I'm just like, oh boy, the season is over from a Super Bowl standpoint. They, they can't win it anymore. I still think the Ravens can get into the playoffs and creep there. But, um, you know, the running back injuries, Dobbins was a huge blow, and they can't replace that. Gus is a great back. I've always said I don't think he can be a number one, but he's as good as it gets when it comes to a number two. Um, They signed Devontae Freeman today. They got Le'Veon Bell. We'll see how they do. I'm not expecting much, but 
the defense was going to be great this year. They, they really – Patrick Queen in year two was looking great in the preseason. You have Marlon and Peters on the corners. Odafe, who they brought in, their first-round draft pick on the D-line. I thought their defense was going to be great. And they still can be a solid defense, but losing Peters, especially when Wink Martindale is your DC, and with all the pressures that he wants to bring, and to have two corners that can make all that possible, just uh, such such a big blow to the Ravens. And it sucks because, you know, it's one thing like when the Raiders had Derek Carr get hurt when they were going to the playoffs and Carr might have won MVP, and that was like two weeks to go in the season – That's just like, at least you got all those games, and it's just like, well, you know, what are we going to do? But to have it, as we're getting ready to kick off the season, right? and this news drops, uh, big, big blow. Brutal. Just sucks. I don't know what's going on up there at the the castle, but they need to get it figured out quick. I mean, it was going to be a tough division to win anyway. I was probably at the point where I was leaning Browns and then slight lean of Ravens over Steelers um, as far as the one, two, three. After these injuries as a whole, you got to say now, I would say Browns are the clear one for me. Um, I would go Steelers slightly ahead of the Ravens and then the Ravens still there. I still think they make the playoffs. We'll get to that. Um, but it, it just tips the scales because the thing is, and, and while we were texting in the aftermath of that, um, Worm brought it up, and I was thinking the same thing. It's not a matter necessarily of what it looks like on paper right now. It's also what it's going to look like in week eight because injuries during the season are inevitable. So that's why you want to have as clean of a slate as possible going into the season. No doubt. You're going into the season with all these guys already out. Your depth's gone. So now when the injuries start piling up, it looks that much worse. So it's going to be a struggle. They're going to limp, no pun intended, to the finish line here and maybe get into the playoffs, I think, as a seven seed. And we'll get there later, but just devastating all around uh, to wrap around the division. Then look at the schedule. I think the Browns, they look like a 10 and seven team to me. Um, I think with their rushing attack, Baker Mayfield kind of finding a groove now in Kevin Stefanski's offense, OBJ coming back. Look for all the talk about, Oh, this offense is more productive without him. That's bogus. It was just anecdotal more than anything else. Um, so you add him back into the mix, Austin Hooper, a second year in this offense should be much better defensively. They're loaded that Browns team. So I think 10 and seven is about right for them with the way the schedule looks and the Steelers at 10 and seven as well. Um, I went through and tried to figure out what the tiebreaker would be. I don't know if I'm right, but I, I went, I went with the Browns. So I've got Browns one Steelers two, Ravens at nine and eight, three and the Bengals, the doormat at five and 12. And then I do have three playoff teams in this division. I've got the Browns coming in as the overall number three seed. Steelers at five with the first wild card, Ravens at seven with the third wild card. All the same. No, no arguments for me here. The Browns are going to be really good and their offense is what attracts people and Kevin Stefanski. But like you said, their defense was banged up all of last season. They got you Davion Clowney, Grant Delpit, who tore his ACL. He's back now. Um, they also got Gerald Maya Owusu-Kormo in the draft, which was such good value in the second round. So Browns, I mean, their offense and defense really is going to be good. The only thing with the Browns is can you live up to expectations? Right. Last year, we expected them to maybe get into the playoffs. But this year, we're talking about the Browns maybe reaching the Super Bowl. So how do you live with that with the Steelers? A lot of people have mixed opinions on the Steelers. A lot of people think that, because people are hating them so much that they could be good. And then a lot of people are like, 
that old line you can't look past and how are they going to fare. I think the Steelers are going to be good. You lose Bud Dupree, you bring in Melvin Ingram, so you scratch that off. Absolutely. They just signed T.J. Watt, so you know he's going to be ready to go. Devin Bush comes back from his ACL injury. And then Najee Harris, who just is such a great all-around back. They're going to use him just like they use Le'Veon Bell. Um, I think the Steelers are going to be good. I'm with you, Ravens 3. I think they sneak in the playoffs. And then the Bengals, they're going to be one of those teams. They're going to win maybe five, six games. They're, they're going to be pluck a, lot a big of game that's going to make you wonder, you know, it. but that's, yes. that's going to be it. There's they're going to be the Steelers on the road or something random like that, and that's going to be their shining moment, but they're not going to win more than five. Right, I'm with you, exactly. So, uh, yeah, all, all, all with you on the uh, AFC North, which I'm sure a lot of people will have that as yeah. day one through four. All right, let's go East. I think this one's one of the easier divisions. Um, the Bills are going to, I think, win it by a couple of games. I got about 12 and five. Uh, the Dolphins and the Patriots below that, I think that you could kind of flip-flop these two either way. I have the Dolphins at nine and eight, the Pats at eight and nine. Neither team really impressed me. The schedule's not that great for either team either. Um, so there, there's some losses to be had in their schedules. Uh, it comes down to what Tua are we going to get? And it comes down to how much can Mac Jones manage? Um, it's going to be a very run heavy offense. How's the defense going to hold up? They're getting a lot of players back from last year, but overall it's not a roster that screams to me playoff team for the Patriots. I think that they threw a lot of money out at players because they had to, because their roster was that depleted. And that's not always a solution. Uh, it's maybe a bandaid for a year. I think they're again in the, in the hunt, but, um, Either of those teams, you could put them at nine and eight, eight or eight and nine, whichever way you want. Uh, but I think those are two and three. And then the Jets, I have at a a reaffirming uh, six and eleven, where they're gonna they're gonna win a couple of nice games. They're gonna look good, be competitive in every game. You can see the arrows pointing up. Six and eleven, seven and ten is about where it'll fall. And if they get to six or seven wins, Robert Sala probably is in the coach of the year running. If the aura around the team is uplifted and Zach Wilson looks good, and the defense with what he's kind of had to cobble together looks good. Um, it'll be fun. They'll be in the basement, but it'll be fun. Bills number one. I agree with you. Uh, the Patriots, I, I like this year. You know how I feel about Mac Jones. I think he was better than Tua at Bama. I think he's going to be better for the Patriots this season than Tua will be for the Dolphins. They got Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry to give him some tight end help, although Hunter Henry's hurt. Shocker. Uh, the defense, <laughs> you know, they go out and get some new guys to help out. Matt Judon being one of them. I think New England's going to be back in the playoffs. I think they're going to they're going to be good this year. Dolphins, man, I really like Flores. I like their defense. I, they're they're going to hover around the wild card this season. I think they just miss out on it. And uh, your Jets, I mean, you know them well. Six and eleven, seven and ten sounds about right. Joe Douglas building the organization the right way, getting those offensive linemen in the first round, skill guys in the second round, bringing in some free agents to help out. Hopefully he's got his quarterback that he's been looking to rebuild this franchise. Um, so sounds right to me. Uh, Comments from Tony Romo had me through the moon uh, the other night. He said that he sees Zach Wilson as a top three to five guy. I can see um, where he's coming from. There are certain throws that Wilson makes when it just doesn't look like he, he's really his feet are almost like up in the air and just the arm. There are, there are a lot of Mahomes like qualities. He's not Patrick Mahomes, but Again, think about it as Patrick Mahomes three years ago, what we perceived Patrick Mahomes to be, not what we know Patrick Mahomes is today. That's the thing people can't get over when we make that comparison. We're talking about as a prospect. He is a Patrick Mahomes-like prospect. Whether he reaches Patrick Mahomes' heights, that's a totally different story. But he is a very Patrick Mahomes-like prospect. So we'll see 
what he can do. So look right forward on. to it at least. Yep, that's me. Uh AFC South, Joe. Uh, I think we all know who the top two teams are. Top two be. and bottom two are very clear here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I went Titans one. I can see why people would like the Colts. Um, Tennessee is a funny team. They're going to be one of those teams that the public loves all year just because of their offensive personnel and those three superstars that they have in Julio, A.J., and Derek and Tannehill being a very good quarterback. The defense still remains a question mark uh, with me for Tennessee, but the reason I put them over Indy is just I can't trust Indy's health. I can't trust Carson Wentz to play a full season. Quentin Quentin Nelson's as tough as they come, Um, and we'll see how many games he plays. Indy, all three offensive levels, I mean, head coach, offense coordinator, defensive coordinator – is one of the best coached units. Their defense will be solid. I love Frank Wright. I think they'll finish second in the division. And then, you know, I, I think Jacksonville will finish ahead of the Kick Texans just because I, mean, yeah. I think they'll beat them <laughs> twice. So yeah, that's really see, all that's that is, one so. that I have flipped. I have that one flipped. I think the Jaguars are going to be putrid. I think the Texans signed enough veterans on one-year contracts to prove it with a veteran quarterback in Tyrod Taylor where they might string together four, maybe five. And I think they sweep the Jaguars in the season series. So I just have that flipped. Um, I do have the top two flipped as well. I have, I actually have the Colts and Titans both at 10 and seven. Um, But again, same thing like I did with the Browns and the Steelers. I went through what the tiebreakers would be uh, looking at both their schedules and I had slight lean to the Colts. So I've got them both at 10 and seven Colts, one Titans, two Texans. I have, and again, when I say the Texans ahead of the Jaguars, I don't mean the Texans are going to be good. I have the Texans at four and 13. I have the Jaguars at three and 14. It's going to be ugly. Um, This is a division that will be two teams and two teams only. And it's going to be a tight battle all season long to see which team ends up where. And then the West, uh, another one that's pretty easy. It's the Chiefs running away with it. And then after that, you kind of have a group of three, which could go any way. I like what the Raiders are doing at the top of their roster. I don't know what the Raiders are doing at the bottom of their roster in terms of their depth. There is almost none of it. Um, I think they come in around seven and 10, eight and nine, similar to what they were last year. There's going to be games where they almost beat the chiefs and look good. There's going to be games where they lose to a terrible team. That's just the Raiders way right now. Um, Broncos. I can't trust Teddy Bridgewater. And, and the offense to do enough to complement the defense. Well, the defense will be very good. I have them at 7 and 10 as well. So Raiders and Broncos at 7 and 10. I've got the Chargers. Don't forget, there's a lot of players coming back for the Chargers to help them out uh, after coming off of injuries in the last year. So I've got them with a new head coach as well at 9 and 8. And that is not enough to sneak into the playoffs. The Ravens edge them out on the tiebreaker. Uh, and then the Chiefs at 14 and 3 if they even lose three games. I mean, it's going to be that kind of year for them. They had no offensive line, which was exploited in the Super Bowl. So what did they do? They went out and pretty much got two offensive lines. You can pretty much come up with two units. (laughs) There are teams in the league that would probably prefer to start all of the Chiefs backups over their entire starting unit. Um, So I think they fixed their one glaring issue, and I can't see them losing more than three games. So Chiefs, Chargers, and the Raiders and Broncos kind of They'll be, they'll be on the in-the-hunt graphic for a long time in December, but they won't make the playoffs. Well said. Chiefs number one. Anybody that tells you differently is just trying to be contrarian <laughs> and, you know, have an opinion. Uh, and then, like you said, two through four is really a toss-up. I went Denver two. 
because Teddy Bridgewater is the kind of guy who he's an against the spread. Teddy covers. <laughs> Teddy covers. He really is. Uh, so I think Denver finishes two. The Raiders, their offense, there's a lot to like. Hopefully Josh Jacobs stays healthy. Henry Ruggs can stay healthy, and they get the, some production out of them. But they didn't solve their defensive issue. The Raiders couldn't stop anybody last year. I don't think they'll stop anybody this year. And for me, if you're going to play uh, unders for a team, a team that regresses, it's the Chargers for me. Uh, Justin yeah. Herbert could not have been any better than he was as a rookie last year. I think he takes a step back. You talked about injuries with the Ravens. The Chargers have them every year. They just, they're one of those teams. It sucks, but they just have them. And in the preseason, the Chargers didn't play any of their starters. And in the NFL, where every game matters so much, I think they could struggle out of the gate. And then when they try and get anxious or get aggressive, it's going to backfire. And I think they finish last in the AFC West. And uh, like you, I only have the Chiefs uh, coming out of the AFC West to make the playoffs in that, di in that uh, division. All right, so that leaves us with the AFC playoff teams. There's all the divisions, all the records. Uh, do you want to go to the playoffs right now or do the NFC first and do the playoffs all at once? Yeah, let's do the AFC playoffs. All right, let's, let's finish off While the we're AFC. fresh and we went all through right. it. Um, all right, let's do it. I got the Chiefs one. I got the Bills two. I got the Browns three. I got the Titans four. I think New England finishes as the top wild card at five. And then I have Pittsburgh six and the Ravens sneak in there at seven. Okay, pretty similar overall. I have Chiefs one, Bills two, Browns three, uh, Colts four, Steelers five, Titans six, Ravens seven. So the only difference in terms of the teams is uh, uh, Colts. the Colts. You have the Titans winning the division. And then instead of the Colts as a wild card, you would have uh, the Patriots, Patriots is a wild card. So the Correct. one difference there in terms of the teams uh, going off of that, uh, I have bills over Ravens, Same. Browns over Titans, Steelers over Colts divisional round. I have chiefs over Steelers, Browns over bills, championship game, chiefs over Browns going out on a limb here. Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. And I got bills over Ravens. Like you, I have the Steelers getting revenge on the Browns from last year's playoffs. And then I think the Titans beat the Patriots in the playoffs. So my four is the Chiefs beating the Steelers, the Bills beating the Titans. Had the Ravens injury news not come out, the Ravens I were had originally in my AFC game. Uh, but instead, the Bills take the spot. We have a rematch from last year. And I have the Chiefs, which they would have beaten the Ravens too. This time they're beating the Bills. Hard to not them. to pick yeah, the Chiefs it really Patrick is Mahomes. Not. Exactly. It's, it's, you have to play a perfect game they have to play a terrible game like it wasn't a super bowl and and that's it i mean <laughs> you can't you just can't it's it's not possible the way they are just kind of engineered right now to beat them and until they slip up and prove otherwise you got to put them in the super bowl until they don't make it they made it two years in a row for a reason so um over to the nfc <sighs> i don't want to start with the east but you know what we'll start with the east because it'll set a very low bar and we can go from there i have yep. no team in this division winning more than nine games I have Washington at nine and eight. I have the Cowboys at nine and eight on the tiebreaker. I have Washington in, and I got the giants and the Eagles at six and 11 each uh, Washington. We've talked about them already. When we had Pete on uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to have great games. He's going to have bad games. They're going to even out. They'll be about a nine and eight team. Curtis Samuel picked up a slight injury retweaked. I think it's the groin, uh, but then you have plenty of other weapons there with McLaurin, Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson. So they'll, they'll put up points and the defense is going to be terrific. So it's going to be a matter of, 
how consistently can the offense put up points? There's going to be days where the offense looks like they can put up 50. There's going to be days where the offense probably makes you scratch your head and they put up 15. Um, the defense will be consistent throughout nine and eight for me. The same could be said about the Cowboys, except flipped. The offense is always going to light it up. The defense, you never know what you're going to get. So they're just the inverse of Washington. So I've got them at nine and eight as well. I mean, that offense, pick your poison of who you want to stop on a given day. The only thing they don't really have is a tight end. They have as many receivers as you can hope for. They have Ezekiel Elliott, they have Dak Prescott, and they have an offensive line that is looking like it's getting back to what it was. They're going to miss Martin tonight uh, as we're recording this on Thursday. And Dominican Sue and the rest of that Buccaneers line is going to have a field day in the middle. Um, but they'll be fine over the course of the season. The Cowboys, I got them at nine and eight. And like I said, the Giants and the Eagles, there's just nothing about those teams that screams even average football team to me. I think the Giants moves they made, okay, they finally got Galladay, who's already hurt. They got Kadarius Tony in the draft, who's already hurt. Um, at their full potential, they could probably beat any team any given day. But, like, again, the consistency from Daniel Jones is not there. The defense, not there. The Eagles, again, same thing, just don't feel it from the Eagles yet. They're maybe a year away as they try to kind of retool here. So, Washington, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles in that order. No team over nine wins. And Washington is the only team making the playoffs from the NFC East. Well, as normal, uh, the Washington East will bring a lot of different opinions from a lot of different people. <laughs> Washington football team, I'm with you. They win the division. They're the best team roster-wise, head-to-toe. They, uh, they finally have a quarterback that you go into with, and you're not thinking about how is he going to lose us this game. Fitzpatrick is a much bigger upgrade, obviously, than Haskins, and he's much bigger than Alex Smith. So Washington has that, plus he had Samuel. The defense is going to be phenomenal. They win the division. My number two is the Giants. Joe Judge is one of the better coaches I feel like people don't talk about. I really like him. I like that Giants defense. Daniel Jones worries me. Um, I hope he takes the next step. I hope Saquon can stay healthy. But, man, the Giants are one of those teams that have a lot of ifs, but if they all go right, they could be really That's solid. That's a fair point. And, they just have uh, to all go right. Right, right. They do. But I'm banking on uh, a lot of them going right, and I think that uh, they finish second. The Eagles, to me, uh, finish third. Jalen Hurts, if you don't have him on your fantasy team yet, uh, if he's still available, take Jalen Hurts because he's got a lot of upside with his running and just all these young weapons that I feel like they're going to unleash this season – Doug Peterson's out of there. After that Super Bowl, there really wasn't a lot of good vibes in that locker room. He's gone. And now Hurts can air it out to his former Bama boy, Devontae Smith. Jalen Rager's there. Two solid tight ends and Goddard's and Ertz. I think the Eagles could put up some points this season. Their defense, you know, they were injured last year. Their D-line's still pretty solid. I'm just not high on Dallas this year. I get it on paper how great they look. Everybody's expecting Zeke to be great and Dak's coming back and CeeDee Lamb's going to be a monster. I'm just, I'm not buying into it when it comes to the Cowboys, when it looks too good to be true. It just, it never is with yeah. them. I don't know why, but it just never is. It's when they fly under the radar and people don't expect much is when they play well. But people are thinking that Dallas's offense is going to have it figured out. A lot of it too is I just don't trust Mike McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, yeah. you truly see how great that guy was. Um, and he was just the benefactor of that. I don't think he's the answer for Dallas. And I think uh, they finished last in this division. The NFC North probably excites me the least of any of these divisions. Um, the Lions are going to be very bad. Dan Campbell might bite a few kneecaps off, apparently. <laughs> and that's about it. I got them at four wins. The Bears, 
this whole Dalton Fields thing, it's going to blow up on them. They're going to get to Fields a lot sooner than they probably are hoping for, but it's a good thing for them. But they're going to have a lot of growing pains. I think they go 5-12, and 12, but I think Nagy keeps his job because Fields looks good and the record is kind of secondary and they keep him with Fields for next year. I got the Vikings at 10 and seven because they'll be able to beat up on the bears and the lions and they have a other soft schedule elsewhere. And they're sneaky. Good. Um, they're, they sneakily have a lot of talent on offense, especially with Jefferson Thielen, cook and Kirk cousins is Kirk cousins. We know what Kirk cousins is, but their defense is solid as well. I got them at 10 and seven and then the Packers number one, 13 and four. Um, it's the last dance as they posted on their Instagrams, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. I think they just kind of focus on football. They put their heads down. They light it up as they tend to do. Uh, Aaron Jones still back there. You have some solid tight end play now as well. That didn't really manifest itself until later last season. Defensively, that's always their question. Uh, you've got the, the Smiths on the line who it's, it's up to them to get to the quarterback. Um, I got them at 13 and four. Same thing for them. Schedule's favorable. Uh, they're a team built for success in the regular season and it just comes down to can they get over the hump of a bucks or a rams or something in the postseason so 13 and 4 for them in the nfc north topping the division i'm with you on green bay they're the class of the north it's kind of has and they tweet they tweeted it out and put it on instagram too but rogers and adams might be treating this as a kind of last dance kind of season so i think they're going to put up big numbers minnesota this is their bounce back year jefferson I mean, he's going to be really, really good. You still got feeling there. As long as the cookie monster stays healthy and running that rock, he'll be great. Zimmer's too good of a coach to have them struggle like they did on defense. You'd think they'd be better. And remember, Zimmer was the Bengals' defensive coordinator for six years, and Minnesota gets the AFC North this year. Mm. I think they'll steal a game that they're not supposed to, whether it's banged up Baltimore, whether it's the Steelers, whether it's the Browns. I think they get one where they're not supposed to. And like you said, schedule's a little softer. That'll help them. Chicago will be three just because Detroit will be that awful. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Not a lot to like there. Dan Campbell, I'm just waiting him for uh, waiting for him to eat one of the Ravens' kneecaps because that's really <laughs> the only thing that hasn't happened this offseason yet to them. But uh, I'm with you. That's the four. Chicago is just – they're one of those teams that their offense is so bad and you look up and they find themselves in a playoff picture – so maybe they find themselves finishing second in this division. But because of how bad Minnesota was on defense last year, and I just can't see that happening. And if their offense stays healthy, they're going to put up a good amount of points. So I'm with you on the order. Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, and then Detroit. I look at the South similarly to the North. There's a clear cut number one, and that's the Bucks. I have them at 13 and four. What more can you say about them? It's literally the exact same team that we had last year. They are the first ever Super Bowl team to return all 22 starters on both sides of the ball. So the Bucs are what the Bucs are. We know that. Uh, they're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to not allow a lot of points. And they're going to be good. I have them at 13-4. and four. Um, I could see a couple games this year, though, where, where they kind of coast. and maybe. Oh, I'll be betting against bit. them a lot. Yeah, to, yeah, there's going to gonna be a lot of games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're going to win, but they're going to coast. Like um, the Chiefs last year. Chiefs yeah, won every game, exactly. but they didn't cover a lot. It's yeah, they're, they're, they're a yep. team that is going to be motivated when it comes time for December. But, like, until then, games are going to be closer than they should be. Indeed. Um, and, like I said, similar to the North, I have the Panthers and the Falcons as the two clear-cut bottom teams. Um, not as bad as the Lions and the Bears by any means, but I have the Panthers at 7-10. and 10. Still too many question marks on the young defense. The offense will put up points. Darnold will look good with McCaffrey and with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, but there's still too many question marks on the defense. Look, they used every draft pick in 
not this past year's draft, but the 2020 draft on defense. Those players are coming along. They came along late in the season. I remember the game they went on the road against Green Bay and shut down the Packers. They lost the game still, but they shut down the Packers. The Packers had to grind that win out. So there's promise there for the defense. It'll come together next year. I view the Panthers as a playoff team in 2022 uh, with what they have. And you look at Matt Rule's track record, wherever he's been, the first year has been bad. The second year has shown promise. The third year he's either been in college football playoff contention or, or mm-hmm. winning the conference. Same trajectory. Falcons at 6-11. and 11. I just They tried to bridge the gap and contend for one more year. And then you trade Julio and what's the defense going to be? Um, sure, the offense will put up numbers with Matt Ryan and, and Ridley and Kyle Pitts. And behind them, Mike Davis is a sneaky good fantasy player this year as well, I think, in that Arthur Smith offense. He'll look mm-hmm. good. But I just don't see it. I think, they tr- again, they tried to use a, a very flimsy twig to prop that contention window back open, and it's not going to be enough. It's going to collapse under the weight of the window. That window is going to slam shut. I got them at 6-11. and 11. Maybe they pluck one here or there and get to seven or eight wins, but nothing of note. The Saints are the interesting one. Um, their defense has always been the under the radar aspect of that team because Drew Brees and the offense get the attention, but the defense has been stellar the last couple of years. Um, is Jameis going to be what he can be, what we thought he'd be now with Sean Payton now first time as a starting quarterback after getting LASIK and God knows that better help him because some of the interceptions he threw in his 30, 30 season, they weren't downfield. They were all near the line of scrimmage. And they make you scratch your head and really wondered if he needed glasses. Turned out he needed glasses. He got LASIK and now he's fine. So um, hopefully those short and intermediate routes aren't just terrible interceptions. They have a lot of talent. I think they'll put up points. They'll put up yards. I think he will still have some growing pains working with Sean Payton. Uh, I have him at 10 and seven. I have him as a, as a legit playoff team, uh, but I'm not ready to, kind of put them into that next tier yet i think maybe again next year same thing like the panthers if we see how winston progresses with this team what will they be like when michael thomas comes back if he comes back he's not supposed to come back until at least week seven because the pup has him out for five weeks by week and week six then week seven if he doesn't get traded because he wants to trade so that hanging over their heads as well has me limiting them to just 10 wins um, but i'd like the saints the saints are going to be look they're, they're always going to be solid as long as sean payton's the head coach Tampa's number one. Like you said, they return everybody. There's no reason to think they won't win the division. I'm with you on New Orleans, Sean Payton. And I mean, don't you think that there's a chip on the shoulder of a lot of guys mm. in that locker room now that Drew Brees is gone and they want to prove like, look, yeah, Drew was there and he made us great, but he had a lot of help around him. I'm with you. The defensive unit for New Orleans gets overlooked and they're really, really good. Um, Kamara is one of the best backs in the league. Like you said, Mike, Mike Thomas won't be there, but Marquez Callaway, I know it was the preseason, yeah. but pretty good. Traquan Smith, there are some guys that have been there in that organization for a couple of years ready to take that next step. Carolina, great call on that rule. And then this is kind of that year where you see more promise. Next year is where they could threaten for the playoffs. And Atlanta, to me, they're the Cincinnati of the NFC, going to put up a lot of points. Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, get them on your fantasy team. Mike Davis, but as far as playoff contention, I just think they're past that window. I'm interested to see, though, the Arthur Smith dynamic. You have a back like Derrick Henry that really made that offense flow like it did. Mike Davis is fine. He's obviously not Derrick. How does that work? Um, And I have Tampa and New Orleans, just like you, both finding themselves in the playoffs. All right. NFC West, the most interesting division in football by far. Great division. Um, I have all four teams with a winning record. Um, 
I think all four could possibly make the playoffs, depending on how the wild card scenario shakes out. And it'd be something to see all four teams from one division make the playoffs. But it's doable now with three wild cards. Um, I think the Niners return to what they were. I think they have a nice kind of funnel down system where Robert Sala put the system in place, next man up. I think the defense doesn't miss a beat. And think about all the guys they have coming back from injury from last year, mainly Bosa. Um, I think they're back to where they were. But because the division's so good, even though I think they're number one, I think they're only 11 and six because the defense is going to cannibalize itself. It wouldn't stun me to see every team end up with a three and three record in the division all across the board, three and three. It's going to be that kind of year in this division. Um, Niners at 11 and six. I want to see if Jimmy G holds off Trey Lance or what the case would be like with Trey Lance. So they're a wild card, but I think they have enough all around to get to 11 and six. The Rams defensively loaded offensively, Matthew Stafford, tremendous upgrade over Jared Goff, and they have plenty of weapons, but again, schedule and division limits it to, I think 11 wins. They're a team that's you got to watch out for in the playoffs, especially if they can get the running game going. They were going to rely on Cam Akers. Now it's Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. Can one of those guys take the step and be what they thought Cam Akers was going to be and what Cam Akers showed down the stretch last year? Um, can they find their Todd Gurley? Can Sean McVay discover his new Todd Gurley? Because we know that's when they were at their peak. He's got this offensive scheme that everybody thinks is predicated on the pass. It's not. It's predicated on the run. He wants to run the ball a lot, and that opens up the pass. So it depends on those two guys. Have them at 11 and six as well. Niners hit the tiebreaker, win the division. I have the Seahawks at 10 and seven. Russell Wilson alone and the offense will win them games. I don't trust their defense. Um, Jamal Adams is overrated. Uh, the rest of their defense has some holes in it. Chris Carson, I think, can really help carry them and is one of the most underrated players in football. And with Russell Wilson, maybe kind of getting unlocked a little more this year, finally changing the offensive coordinator and kind of letting him rip, let Russ cook. You know, I think we can see that a little bit more this year. Got him at 10 and seven. And then I got the Cardinals at nine and eight. Um, offensively, it's all there. Do I trust Cliff Kingsbury? I'm not sure. Do I trust their defense? I'm not sure. So I've got them at nine and eight. And whether or not all these teams make the playoffs depends on the wild card situation, which we'll get to in a moment. But um, it's going to be a fun division to watch. That's for sure going to be a great division. Um, I got the Rams winning the division. Tough one for me to pick. I just it comes down to their defense. I just love their defense. Ramsey and Donald and all the just different, how well coached they are, how synced they are as a unit. They're going to be tough to play against. And then the upgrade, although I don't think Stafford is as, I'm not high on him as a lot of people are. He is just such a significant upgrade from Goff. And throwing to those receivers, Woods, Cup, Higby, the running back will be an interesting place. I think Sony Michelle is a good fit for that offense. Kind of go by committee, ride the hot hand, whether it's him, Henderson, maybe even Jake Funk. I think they'll figure it out. My number two is Seattle. As long as Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll there, Seattle will just find a way to be in playoff contention towards the top. Their offense is explosive. Um, and like you said, they bring over a new offensive coordinator coming from the Rams. They want to get more and more pass-oriented unleash Russ, Metcalf, Lockett, those guys. And their defense will be better. Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, another year in that system, get a full offseason OTAs to kind of make it all come together. 
San Francisco's number three. As much as we love their roster and we love Shanahan, the fact is that this guy has missed the playoffs three of his four years. Now, the one year he didn't, they made it to the Super Bowl. And right. that's what we all remember. And all those guys, for yeah, the most part, are still there. the years he had. The first couple years, he was taking over a team that wasn't supposed to go anywhere. And had, they were ravaged by injuries. The one year he had everybody was the year they made the Super Bowl. And last year, they were equally ravaged by injuries. So it, there's context to that. I'm not saying that, uh, look, teams deal with injuries, but they've had to deal with them more so. And I don't think you could try to play the is Kyle Shanahan overrated card just because of the the injury. That he's I done. get that. But also, I mean, I don't know if I trust Jimmy G to play all 16 games. And I don't know even if he's healthy, if he will. Well, that's the thing. This year, it's not going to be turning it over to Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard. This year, it's turning it over to Trey Lance, who will have growing pain. He's still a rookie. And I don't think he's going to have a Justin Herbert caliber year if he no, comes in. That's no. what I'm saying. The defense, they're great. They're loaded, explosive. Um but I just like the Rams and the Seahawks better than them. And then Arizona, Kingsbury, to me, I don't know. They seem like the odd team out in this division. They do. And they got a lot of pieces to like. Kyler Murray, if he stays healthy. Obviously, Hopkins, you add A.J. Green. A sleeper that I love this year is Rondell Moore, what Mm. he can be able to do in that offense. And defensively, I mean, J.J. Watt, you bring over. Xavier Collins, you draft him from Tulsa. The Cardinals, their defense is just – it's physical now, and it's big, and they're built to win playoff games. Um, Kyler Murray's the big question mark, and a guy that small and fragile, can he withstand a 16-game season without getting a significant injury to derail him? They Russell were on their Wilson, way to the postseason last year until yeah, he picked he up that injury and wasn't the same down the stretch of the shoulder. Exactly. Um, so until he can prove it to me, I can't trust him. So I have the Rams, the Seahawks, and um, San Francisco making the playoffs. But uh, it's going to be a fun division. Really, any team can win it, even maybe Arizona, if if they get some good luck and they stay healthy. But uh, it's going to be survival of the fittest because all these teams, they have had injuries through the past that have really hurt them, especially San Francisco. but uh, it, it should be a fun division to watch. And like the AFC North, I think very likely they get three teams in. Definitely. Uh, going through the seeding then, I've got the Packers one, Bucks two, Niners three, and Washington four as the division winners. As the wild cards, I have Rams five, Saints six, Vikings seven. I went through, I tried again with the tiebreakers best I could, and I had the Vikings and Saints edging out the Seahawks in that aspect. I achieved a little bit because um, – of those three teams, if there's one team that I could see falling to nine and eight instead of being at ten and seven, I think it is the Seahawks, uh, just because of how good that uh, division is. So, again, Packers one, Bucks two, Niners three, Washington four, Rams five, Saints six, and Vikings seven. And I got Bucks one, Green Bay two. I have the Rams three, Washington four, and then I have Seattle five, New Orleans six and San Francisco seven. So, again, Minnesota, I think, is going to be solid. But as long as Russ is there, Pete Carroll's there, it's hard for me to bet against Seattle not making the playoffs. So We only have one, uh, one difference again, is it, in terms of the teams? I think so, yeah, in terms of I have teams. the Vikings in, you have the Seahawks in, and then you just have the order different for Rams and Niners. So, yeah, we got the same thing again. Only one team off in, in both conferences. Uh, but the seating, of course, is different. Uh, the, the playoffs – 
I got Bucks over Vikings, Niners over Saints, Rams over Washington in the first round. Got Packers over Rams, Niners over Bucks in the divisional round. I got the Packers over the Niners in the title game. And then I got Chiefs over Packers in the Super Bowl. We get the matchup we want that we've been craving of Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Give me the Chiefs over the Packers in Super Bowl 55. What are we at? Six? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's I lost count. <laughs> Might be 54. I honestly don't know. 55 sounds all right. I think um, it's 55. I think it's 55. I think it is too. I got Green Bay beating San Francisco in the 2-7. I've got Rams over the Saints, Seattle over Washington. I got the Bucks coming off their bye, beating Seattle, Green Bay beating the Rams. Rematch the NFC title game from last year. I think Green Bay wins it. Like, you have the same Super Bowl matchup, the same champion. I think it's Chiefs over the Packers. That's boring, but, like, we haven't thought out. We didn't just, like a lot of people say, ah, you know what, give me, give me the Chiefs and the Packers. We, we at least thought it out. So <laughs> we still got to the like, same destination, but. Like Peter King had Bill's Rams. Like, I'm not picking that's anybody not, to be look, the Chiefs. Look, look, that's not too far-fetched. No, it's not. But, but like, it, still, it still means you think that the Bills are going into Arrowhead and winning in the playoffs, which I just don't see. The only way I think the Bills could make it is if they have the home game. And it, you know the way the Chiefs are built. They're not losing more than three regular season games. So if the Bills somehow pull a rabbit out of the hat and end up as the one seed, fine. But otherwise, no. The NFC is different. The NFC, you can tell me like five different teams you have making the Super Bowl, and I would yeah. not argue with you on any of them. The five for me are the Packers, Bucks, Niners, Rams, and the Washington football team. If you had any of those five teams in the Super Bowl, I would not argue with it. So – but in the AFC, if you don't have the Chiefs, you have to have a damn good reason as to why you don't have the Chiefs. I honestly think all seven of the playoff teams I had in the NFC could possibly make the Super Bowl. Even New Orleans with Jameis, I could see it. Even Seattle, just because of their history and they've been there, done that, I can see it. Washington, I'm with you. If they stay healthy, get the right draw, you just never know. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, the NFC is loaded. It'll be fun to watch. All right, Joe, we're getting through. the best bets in trivia give out some awards yeah yeah i was gonna run through my awards here again same thing with the chiefs as a team if you're not picking patrick mahomes for the mvp um maybe josh allen but i just gotta go with mahomes uh, offensive player of the year i feel like they try to give it to a non-quarterback if they can just so you kind of spread the wealth and i think nick chubb could have about 1500 yards this year in that offense and maybe a dozen touchdowns so i got nick chubb uh defensive player of the year the man that got paid today tj watt uh, there's a, a couple of guys, obviously, Miles Garrett in that mix, but I, I like the prospect of TJ Watt this year. The rookies we've talked about because I placed futures on those back a couple of weeks ago when we were doing our future picks. I got Zach Wilson as offensive rookie. In that offense, he's going to put up numbers. I don't see the other quarterbacks that are rookies putting up the same numbers. So if somebody's going to beat out Zach Wilson, again, because the other rookie quarterbacks don't have the same supporting cast, somebody beats him out, it's going to be a non-quarterback like a Kyle Pitts or a Najee Harris, but I'll go with Zach Wilson. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Micah Parsons. It's usually a lineman or a linebacker uh, just because they get the sacks, they get the tackles. Corners are tough because if you're a great corner, teams aren't throwing at you, so you can't put up numbers, and it's tough to quantify. So uh, Micah Parsons is a guy who could put up 100 tackles and 10 sacks, depending on how the Cowboys use them, and we'll get to see that tonight. Uh, Coach of the Year, I put down Kevin Stefanski um, just because as I was looking through all of the – names in terms of like the favorites i don't actually have the teams of the favorites doing well like uh 
Brendan Staley was up there. I don't have them doing too well, the Chargers. Um, a couple of the other guys that were up near the top, like I don't have them doing – Bill Belichick was up there. I have them missing the playoffs. So just because I had the other players, I mean uh, the other coaches ahead of Kevin Stefanski having their teams actually doing poorly, by process of elimination, I went with Stefanski. I could also see, like I said earlier, Salah getting it. If the Jets win maybe seven games and then come back player of the year, it's going to be hard to beat out Dak Prescott for that one. Um, so my MVP like you was going to be Mahomes, but then after the news today, I'm actually going to give it to Lamar. That's fair because because it's going to be all on him. Going to be all on him. And I feel like with all that he lost, if he leads him to the playoffs, that's going to carry a lot of weight. So I have him winning MVP offense player of the year for me is Kamara. I think with Breeze gone, if the saints are going to do well, they're just going to use him everywhere. And he's just going to be a machine getting yards. Like you, Defensive Player of the Year, the guy that got paid, T.J. Watt, uh, with Devin Bush back, that helps him so much. And the ground that Bush covers, Ingram being as good a pass rusher as he is, will free up Watt. I think he is a monster year. Coach of the Year for me, and it's crazy to think he might win this award, but I got Bill Belichick uh, leading a rookie QB, all the new pieces they've brought in. And, uh, you know, if they make it to the playoffs, get a five or six seed, I think Bill's a real shot at winning it. And I think it will be because that the rookie of the year will be Mac Jones and the numbers that he puts up. I think he has a great season. Defensive rookie of the year for me is also a linebacker, but I'm going with Jamin Davis from Washington football team. Behind that D-line, all the opportunities he will have to make tackles. He could be one of the league leaders in tackles if he stays healthy. I think he is a monster year and wins defensive rookie of the year. All right. Can't argue with most of those. So we on to best bets. You have it tallied up. And this is why the point system is fun because last week you beat me with the record, but I beat you with the points. Correct. Freaking Clemson. I mean, <laughs> you would have told me going in that Georgia scored three points and I had a minus three. Where do I sign? But that's just how it goes. That tells you how good Georgia's defense was. Um, all right, Joe, my number five. It wait, 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 first, be... what is the record in the points again? Oh, so I went four and one with 10 points because I right. lost my number five and then you were three and two with 12 points. Got you it. won your number one, two, and three. And that's Got it. Yeah, I remember that you were four and one and I was three and two, but I forgot what the point breakdown was. Um, so thank you for that. So go ahead with your number five. My number five. So I think about it from the survivor pools and everybody will be using one of three teams. They'll be using the bucks. They'll be using the Rams or they'll be using the 49ers. And I said to myself, all three of those teams will not cover. One's going to have to be sweating it. One's going to be close. And to me, that game is San Francisco-Detroit. I think it has a lot of similarities of the Colts-Jags game from last year, where the Jags only won one game, but that game was week one. And because that's how it is, it's a fresh start. It's a fresh season. Everybody's fired up. I don't know if Detroit can win the game, but I think they'll keep it close. San Francisco, their first game with all their guys that they're bringing back. And Detroit, just this sense of everybody thinks we're going to suck. We got a new coach. We got nothing to lose. I think they'll keep it close. I think they'll play well. And uh, I like them to cover that seven and a half number. And all those people that pick in San Francisco week one for Survivor Pool, I think that's the game that they'll be sweating. Yep. Sweating. Uh, I'm going to start with the Thursday night game tonight with a spread. It's at 51 and a half as I'm looking at it. I'm going over and I'm making that my one pointer um, just because I could, I could see like it's been in the past. The Thursday night game teams still do look a little sloppy, so it could be a little lower scoring than you expect. But the Cowboys' defense is terrible, and the Cowboys' offense is awesome. 
So the over is going to hit at a pretty good clip in this season for the Cowboys and the Bucks. Their offense, of course, is stellar as well. So I see this game somewhere in the neighborhood of like 38-24 in favor of the Bucks. And like I said last year, whenever I think about an over-under, I give my score prediction for the game independent of the total. And then if my uh, pick is more than five points away, I'll go ahead and pick it. I have this at a 62-point total in terms of, like I said, 38-24. It's at 51.5, so give me the over in tonight's game as a one-pointer, though, like I said, just because it could be sloppy. It is the first game. You got the celebration on the field beforehand, so you never know. Last year, Chiefs uh, against the Texans barely went under as Clyde Edwards-Alaire was tackled at the inch-yard line, so I'll go with the over, but uh, only one point. My number four, Joe, and this is just your classic case of overreaction week two college football I like Washington plus seven against Michigan the look ahead line to this the preseason line I think it was a pick em, Michigan minus one now it's all the way up to Michigan minus seven because obviously Washington lost to FCS Montana State but Washington was looking ahead to this game you're not getting the Washington team you got last week they're really good defense they're gonna be fine offensively Michigan, they lost Ronnie Bell, and that's huge for them. One of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Um, I, you know, I don't, I'm not trusting Michigan's offense. I think Washington will keep it close. I think they have a chance to win it outright. And look, the Pac-10, UCLA did a lot for that conference, beating LSU last week. You ha- would have to think Oregon is not going to beat Ohio State. So this is the opportunity for the Pac-12 to get another big win. I think Washington plays really well. They keep it close. Huskies plus seven. I actually went all NFL this week. So if there's any college flavor, it's coming from you. That was more not liking the board. And it was more just kind of wanting to go all in for week one of the NFL season. Fair enough. Um, Number four for me, uh, (laughs) I'm making it number four because I'm picking a putrid team (laughs) in a putrid game. Uh, It's Jaguars at Texans. The Texans are plus 154 on the money line. I think that's an overreaction to the aura around the Texans. But like I said earlier, I think they're better than the Jaguars. I think they signed a lot of veterans on one-year deals to kind of prove it. So they're not going to suck as bad as we think. They still got Brandon Cooks and David Johnson and Phillip Lindsay and Tyrod Taylor. I mean, they're still veterans there. Um, that's the only reason I think they're an underdog. Again, is the overreaction, the aura around the team. So I would have probably had this the other way as, as three-point favorites for the Texans, but they're three-point dogs. So give me the Texans plus 150 on the money line uh, to go ahead and be my number four pick. Uh, my number three is Arizona plus three against Tennessee. Tennessee, first off, is not a very good home team. I mentioned earlier when we were previewing the divisions, they're a very public team because of how flashy they are. But I just love what Arizona did in the offseason with Watt and Collins, and now I think they're just built to stop a team like Tennessee. Tennessee now without Arthur Smith for their first game, how will that look? And I just think Arizona knows their division is going to be so brutal that they need to win games like this against Tennessee. You're going to need to beat good football teams. And uh, I think they come out, they play really, really well week one. I think the spread's also a little stinky. A team like Tennessee, you would think maybe minus four and a half, minus five. It's only at three. Uh, I think that tells you a lot. I like the Cardinals plus three. Uh, number three for me, I am going with the Jets plus four and a half against the Panthers. This game has seen line movement from five and a half down to four and a half, and I'll ke- catch it right there before it goes any lower. Um, Panthers' offensive line is atrocious. The Jets' strength is the defensive line. 
I think offensively, they do enough with the, with the ground control and with uh, Zach Wilson kind of just easing him in. A lot of intermediate, a lot of Corey Davis, a lot of stuff like that. Um, Panthers, I think, maybe take this one in a close one. I wouldn't be afraid of taking the Jets on the money line, though. I'll say, to just try and not be a homer, I'll say it's like 21-17 Panthers, something in that neighborhood. Um, but I can see the Jets winning outright, so I'll take the Jets plus four and a half. My number two, going back to college, and I told you in the preseason I really liked Iowa, and I said this week two game they were going to go into Ames and win it. Well, I have gone 360, and I think Iowa State is not only going to win, <laughs> I think they're going to cover the four and a half. And, again, a lot of it is just because of what we saw in week one. I think there's going to be a big overreaction. Iowa State just wanted to get to this week. They wanted to do just enough to beat Northern Iowa. Iowa, though, meanwhile, Indiana was a big game. They needed for their conference. They needed to play well, and they did. But Iowa State is just built a lot differently than Indiana. Penix, you know, wasn't at 100% that game, and he controls everything that Indiana does. Iowa State, though, is a throwback team in the Big 12 with two tight ends, three tall. And they just they play good defense. They want to. It's a lot like Minnesota, and they want to go on long drives and chew up the clock, which is a lot like what Iowa wants to do. But the fact that this spread is not just three and a half, but four and a half over the field goal in a game that you would think would be slowed down and is defensive tells me a lot that I think Iowa State's the right side, knowing that Iowa will be a very public play this week. Um, I think Iowa State could get out to, honestly, a big lead early in the first half, maybe even be winning by three touchdowns. I think Iowa makes a comeback, makes it close, just because in a rivalry game like that, when you've struggled to beat a team so much, it's never easy. It never is. But I think Iowa State wins the game by more than uh, four and a half. Number two for me, my four-pointer, Washington football team, minus one and a half at home against the Chargers. Uh Again, during the breakdown, I talked about how much I love this Washington football team, offensively and defensively. Talked about how much I think the Chargers are okay, but not what people perceive them to be. And you, like you said, you think they're a little bit overrated, Mm -hmm. progressing to the mean. They're a team that has always, always struggled to go west to east. And you start your season going west to east after you've been in training camp for a month and a half on the west coast. Um, It's a tough way to start coming out east. And you remember back a couple years ago when the Browns, avoided the 0-16 before they did go 0-16. The one team was the Chargers coming east. So um, give me Washington minus a point and a half. And I actually feel very confident in that one. I, there's a reason I didn't make it my number one because I feel way better about another game. Um, but one, one and a half at home, I don't think it's a problem. I think this game is maybe something like 28-17 in favor of Washington. So Washington's favored by one and a half? Favored by one and a half. Gotcha. My number one play of the week is the New Orleans Saints plus four against the Green Bay. Oh, this is fun. You know and, why? Because my number one is the Packers minus four. <laughs> and I'll tell you why I love New Orleans. And really, it doesn't, it doesn't have to do a lot with football, honestly. I'm actually I, seeing it at three and a half. So put it down at three and a half. So this way we don't have a push. Three and a half. Okay. The reason I love New Orleans so much is what I saw out of Tulane against Oklahoma and the city of New Orleans and how they were struggling. Tulane had to move out of the city. They had to practice in different places, different cities, and they almost came out and beat Oklahoma. And I think New Orleans playing for their city, knowing how much the Saints mean to them, they're really going to come out strong in this game. They've done their homework. They know Aaron Rodgers. If there's one place he struggles, he doesn't play too well in the state of Florida. And I just think, again, Green Bay on paper, they're the better team than New Orleans, especially without Breeze. But 
Sean Payton, Jameis Winston, I think they got something to prove. I think they'll play well. One stat I did see with New Orleans that scares me is in their last 19 week one and week two games, they're thir- three and 16. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> I saw that, but then I also thought back to last year and how Tampa was their opening game and how Tampa was this team coming in with big expectations and how fired up New Orleans must have been to play them. Well, now Green Bay's coming in with similar expectations, all that they have coming back, Super Bowl or bust. And I think New Orleans is going to be ready to go, and they're going to play really well. And I think because of Hurricane Ida and their city and how much they're hurting, just like Tulane, I think the Saints are going to play really, really well. I love when we organically get to a point that our number ones are the opposite teams in the same game. I love that. It always makes it a lot of fun. Um, I think what you said about the Saints rings true when they come home in week four. I don't, I don't, I haven't looked ahead at the schedule, who they're playing. I don't care who they're playing. They're blowing that team out in week four. Um, but they have such a home field advantage that being away from it is going to be a struggle. Week four, you can up put it down right now. In week four, that will be my number one bet of the week, whoever the Saints are against. While so, you keep talking. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, that'll be it. Um, so I, I think the Packers three and a half is a good play here. Look, at the end of the day, we talked about it already. They're loaded. They're going to be in the Super Bowl. They're the best team. Give me the Packers minus three and a half. All right, so pretty cool that uh, our first, both our first picks yeah. were, were opposite. So somebody's <laughs> going to get five points. The Saints' first game, by the way, week four is against the Giants. So uh, Whatever the spread is, put me down as the number one pick of the week that week. Giants fans, you're not going 17-0 this season. That, that <laughs> yeah. we do now. Yeah, again, right. it, it, when they're home-home, different. That, you know, think back to the Steve Gleason game after Katrina. It's different at home, but neutral in Jacksonville, the Packers, I think, are just much better than they are. Um, I, again, I think that I even contemplated that game in Survivor. I didn't. I took the Rams. Um, but especially because the Packers have a lot of easy games on their schedule with the Bears and the Lions, I, I save the Packers. But uh, I feel really good about them. And three and a half is what I just saw it as on FanDuel. So that takes away the possibility of us pushing at minus four. So <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, Joe, trivia time. I'm finally winning. Been a long time since that happened. Uh, so I got a question for you. Um, this week and uh, it's one of the awards that we had and it's just real simple I just want you to try and tell me four of the last five coach of the year uh, winners in the NFL so Kevin Stefanski won it last year he did Um, and that was something I actually neglected to mention when I made him my pick this year it's going to be tough for him to repeat but it's it's one of those where again process of elimination. Um, so you got one. You said the last five years, right? Mm-hmm. That takes away Ron Rivera. I think he won two, he but they the were first. out of the yeah. So it's um, right the year after him and current. Uh, so McVeigh and Nagy were definitely in there. I remember they were back to back, and they were looked at as kind of like the offensive prodigies, right? McVeigh and Nagy, both of them. Okay, so you need uh. You need one more. One more. All right. 2016. Wait, I missed 2019? Mm-hmm. 2019. 45 Chiefs. seconds left. Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan was great with the Niners. Oh, John Harbaugh. They were like 15 and 1. John Harbaugh. Well there we done. Go. There we go. <laughs> Joe tied it up for the moment. All right. I also actually went with the awards. Now, I don't remember what episode it was. It might have been last year, 
I think I gave you a rookie of the year question, but it yep. was only one side of the ball. Um, so as we open it up here, the season starting, uh, and since it was so long ago, uh, and I don't remember if you got the question right or not. Anyway, we'd have to really dig back into the archives for that. Um, same thing last five years, but 10 total awards, five offensive, five defensive. I want right. you to give me seven of the 10 rookies of the year. Oy. All right. Uh, let's see. So I know Chase Young's up there. Chase Young is last year. Correct. Um, Chase Young is last year with who was it? Herbert. There you go. There's two, five more. Uh, You're only 10 seconds in. Did Kyler Murray win it? In 2019. Okay. And uh, ooh, defense, defense, defense. Let's see. Who are some defensive guys? Uh, 30 seconds in. You got three and no strikes already. That's what's going to trip me up is the defense. You could go all five offensive and then just get one more defense. You got to get seven of the ten. You don't got to get him any particular Oh, uh, Bosa, right? Nick? Nick, correct. Joey win it. Did Joey win it too? Joey, two <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> nice. So there's five. Now you got to just give me two more. Mm. You got 40 seconds and all your strikes. Yeah, it's got to be more quarterbacks. Baker wouldn't have won it. Lamar didn't win it as a rookie. Uh, Darnold, Mayfield, Allen, Lamar. Oh, boy. Running backs. Uh, 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 uh. 15 seconds. Two more. All your strikes are there. I know. I know. Uh, we'll just go with uh, um, Barkley. Barkley won it, but you only have five seconds left and no strikes. So throw a Hail Mary. Oh, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield. It. it was not Baker Mayfield. He was okay. the same year as Saquon Barkley, right? Or was he the year before? No, he was the same year as Saquon because they took Saquon over the quarterbacks that year, and that was a debate. But uh, uh, Dak Prescott in 2016, Alvin Kamara in 2017. Stinking Kamara. Those God. are the two offensive you missed. Yeah. And the two defensive you missed. Marshawn Lattimore in 2017 with the Saints, Darius Leonard in 18 with the Colts. So you need to get one of those four, but you could not. You had all your strikes. That's the infuriating part. You had all your strikes, but there wasn't really a way to just think that quickly. So Yo, right, I've, lost Gus, I've lost Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters today, <laughs> but the most devastating thing is losing my lead in trivia. That, uh, that really, really stinks. Now, so we're all tied up to 24 now. All right. You get the picks lead right now, four to one. I'm three and two. I get the points lead 12 to 10 and you got a tie now in trivia. So we're and one next. of us, one of us will win in uh, best bets this week. One of us will get five points. Yeah. Big. Absolutely. Absolutely. Big and stuff. we have to, uh, we still got to think of a stipulation. Well, we could, we could still ruminate on it a little bit. Yeah. Got to think a little about bit. It. But we um, well, it. look, NFL's back. Very exciting. 60th episode. We timed it just right. Buccaneers, Cowboys tonight should be fun. Glad that both of the football uh, college and NFL are back. It's going to be fun. Can't believe we made it. It's been a long offseason. Looking forward to it. We got it from now until February every week. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. So for episode 60, we are done. 61 next week. Football in full motion into week two of the NFL and week three of the college season. For PJ Glasser, I'm Joe Mappa. Thanks for tuning in this week to episode 60. Can you believe it's 60, PJ? Can't believe it. Episode 60 of the Glasser Joe Podcast.